Welcome to Mystical Heart Oracle, your guide to plant medicine, holistic healing, and all things spiritual exploration. I'm Sinclair Fleetwood, your spiritual coach, ceremonialist, and psychedelic integration queen. Join me on a journey to connect with your soul mission, be authentic AF, and learn how to do practical magic so you can create a thriving, fulfilling life that feels really good. Your heart is wise and you belong here. Hey family, welcome to the show. I'm Sinclair Fleetwood. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Did you know this is my 85th episode and I was looking through the archives and I was like, how have I never done an episode about mushrooms? I've never talked about psilocybin for a whole episode. And so today we are going to dig into what makes mushrooms magic? What is so special about these these plants? Well, they're not even really plants, but we're going to talk about that. They have their own classification. Um, and we're going to talk about all the ways that they are so special and such a, a really wonderful choice for people, an entry point into psychedelics. Um, they have so many qualities that make them ideal for beginners and for experienced psychonauts as well. So this is my love letter to psilocybin mushrooms. First, I just want to say thank you to these mushrooms, to this medicine. They have been with me since I was 19. They were my first entry into the mystery. They pulled the veil back. And I remember my first journey I was 19 and I was taking these mushrooms and I was like, everything they told us is a lie. That's like the takeaway that I came away with was like, I don't think things are what they seem. I don't think the way that they are telling us it is, is actually how it is. I think there's a whole other world out there and I want to know about it. And it it made me very curious. And, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I came into meeting psychedelic medicines Recreationally, I was a young kid having fun. And over time, they became more and more powerful. And I became more and more sensitive to their messages. And they started being more harsh with me. They started, uh, because I wasn't acting right. Magic Mushrooms directly told me to go sit with ayahuasca, that I needed deeper healing than I was going to get from them, that I was ready to get from them. And they told me, don't come back here until you're ready to work with us in a in an intentional way. And they kind of slammed the door in my face. This was in my mid mid 30s, I think, right before I got sober and started on my spiritual path. But I feel so grateful to them for being that subtle guide for me over the years of, you know, when I was just partying and going to festivals and they were there. They were always there and they were patiently gently nudging me onto the path that I'm on now. And uh, it took me a while to, to, re- to reconnect with them. You know, I did a lot of work with San Pedro and ayahuasca and those medicines I felt so comfortable with and I had this beautiful relationship with. And then I would come back with the mushrooms and I, I had a lot of difficult journeys when I first started working with them intentionally and therapeutically. Uh, and because I underestimated them, because I thought, oh, you know, I'm used to ayahuasca. Like, what are these mushrooms going to do? And whew, what are these mushrooms going to do? They're going to kick your ass <laughs> and they're going to shake you out of yourself and tell you and give you exactly what you need. In the last five years, as I have got to know them better in a more therapeutic way, I believe very strongly that they are just as powerful healers as ayahuasca. 
They open your heart just as much as San Pedro. They have a, a really beautiful mechanism of action. Um, and so I want to share a little bit about them today and, you know, some things you might not know and why they work the way that they do and to give you some ideas around uh, how you want to work with them and why you might want to work with them. Unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you might have heard recently in the news or I mean psychedelics are like trendy now right they're they're coming into the mainstream and this is because they are testing them they're doing clinical trials with psilocybin to get them approved by the FDA for treatment for PTSD and other conditions you know, treatment resistant depression, different, different things, but they've been in this like years long trial process. Right. And they're in stage three trials now, and they are going to become therapeutically legal soon. It's exciting that they're getting attention in the scientific community. It's exciting that the medical community is paying attention to them. It's also scary. Um, you know, there's, there's pros and cons when something becomes regulated by the government. (laughs) The pros are more people who have access to this, people who have to use their insurance or who can use their insurance to get these kinds of treatments. And it also is a completely different experience to receive a synthetic version of psilocybin in a, in a doctor's office, you know, even if, even if the doctor's office is like, oh, this is soft, you know, here's your blindfold, here's your music. It's not the same as the ceremony. Like I'll take the Pepsi challenge with that. You can argue with me about that all day, but the ceremony is 100% always the better place, at least in my opinion, you know, for some people having a doctor's office and having medical professionals around might feel safer. To me, that would be terrifying. (laughs) Taking mushrooms in a doctor's office would be uh, what we call a bad trip for me, Um, just because I would not enjoy that. It would not feel safe for me. And I fully support the expansion of these medicines into the mainstream culture, the medical culture, that's not my bag, but I'm not against it. You know, I'm not here preaching like, don't do that. And, you know, that includes something like ketamine, like these medicines, they are making their way into the consciousness of the people. And this is how they're doing it. And I think it's fascinating to watch. So me and my friend, sometimes when it's really cold, we go mall walking And I know you're thinking, oh my God, that's the most senior citizen thing I've ever heard. And you know what? Maybe so, but I get get my walk in, get to hang out with my friend and we get to make fun of the mall because it's fun to make fun of it. And there's like a Spencer Gifts in there and we were like, ooh, let's go in here. And sometimes we go into the stores and are like, wow, this is still super trashy, just like from the 80s. But I was noticing in all these stores, you know, these sort of like teenager stores that everything is covered in mushrooms. There are mushroom underwear, mushroom t-shirts, like everything is psychedelic in there now. And that's not an accident. And it's, it's, it's not an accident because the mushrooms are the ones that are doing it. It's the same as marijuana. Marijuana made her way. She was like, I'm going to blaze the trail. I will go first. And she paved the way for whoever wants to come after, I suppose. Um, But I think it's, it's been fascinating to look at how mushrooms have come into Western consciousness and made the West think like, oh, we discovered this new thing. Mushrooms are therapeutic. That is hilarious. It's hilarious because 
Americans especially are always like, oh, look, we discovered this thing that indigenous black and brown people have been doing for literally thousands of years, but no, we discovered it. So the first thing you need to know about mushrooms and the healing power of mushrooms and the therapeutic use of mushrooms does not start in Silicon Valley or the maps or scientific trials. We know the Mayans use mushrooms, the Aztec people use the mushrooms. There's art and records going back a long way. There's two cultures, traditions, in Mexico where mushrooms have been used for a long time. Uh, the one that's the most recent and familiar to a lot of people is Maria Sabina. Maria Sabina was a healer from the mountains of Oaxaca in southern Mexico. And she had a really hard life. She grew up in poverty. She did a lot of manual labor as a child. And she started working with mushrooms when she was a little, a uh, little kid. She started learning that they could heal. And as she grew, she continued to use them as medicine. And they told her that she should worship God and heal other people with, with mushrooms as medicine. She had many, many children. She had, she was abused by her husband. Like she had all this stuff happen. She had a really difficult life, but she was a witch, you know, she was like a, a super earthy Mazatec witch. She became, she became well known for her ability to help people heal with mushrooms. And she would use them for people with emotional problems. She would use them for addictions, for fights between families. Um, and soon enough, the word got out. And this was in like 1955. A man named Robert Gordon Wasson, he was like a banker and an enthomycologist, a mushroom specialist, came to meet her, to sit with her and have mushrooms with her. And they did some photographs and wrote a story about it. And it appeared in Life magazine in 1957. He wrote a bunch of books about it and about her, and that's when people started coming to see her. Lots of foreigners came from the U.S. looking to do these ceremonies with her. This encounter with the Western man who came and, and sat with her in ceremony, and then he, you know, shared all about it, uh, it was not good for her. Well, he got famous, you know, for discovering mushrooms. Discovering is... What I mean is he came and culturally appropriated and extracted this knowledge from an indigenous woman in Mexico. And she wasn't the only person doing this. This was a tradition from her people. And there were lots of people that were doing it. It wasn't just her. But she's the most well-known because she passed it to him as in form of like the ceremony that he received. And then her community was... She was basically shamed. She was shamed for sharing their secrets to an outsider. And the community became very angry. And somebody burned her house down and they murdered her son. And she died in poverty. So it's important when we're talking about these medicines to remember that they have been around for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. Human beings have been altering their consciousness in ceremonial ways for thousands of years. This is not new. We did not discover this. This was taken from the indigenous people. I believe very strongly 
that we are in a time of alchemy. We're in a time where we need help so badly. We need to change the way that we are. We need to change the relationship that we have to the earth. We have to stop extracting and taking and removing life from the circle of life. We need to stop creating false death and waste. And there's so many things, right? And I believe very strongly that these indigenous traditions are the foundation and the anchor that if you have a a possibility to work with teachers who know these traditions, who can share the old ways, we have to have that knowledge. And not everyone has the opportunity to sit with a with an indigenous teacher. Not everyone has the ability to go to a ceremony in a different country. Not everybody has the ability to meet medicines, these medicines, in the old ways, or to serve medicine in an old way. And okay, so I might get dragged for this, but this is how I feel. And you know I like to be honest with you. I believe as a, a ceremonialist, a person in this space, I've been learning for a long time now, but I'm a baby compared to my teachers. I've been doing this for 20 and 30 years. Um, so I don't know that much. And I recognize that and I want to be humbly saying this, but I'm also an expert in some things like addiction and anxiety and pain and suffering and What I'm seeing in North America and lots of Western countries are people who are out of balance and in a crisis. And that crisis is desperate for attention and answers now. We need this. We need this now. We can't wait. (laughs) My teacher and my teacher is from Mexico, Salvador. And he said one time, uh, yes, you can get here by the meditation. You can get here with yoga, you can walk the spiritual path, you can do all these things. We don't have time. So we take the medicine that really hit home for me. And I believe that as a facilitator and a ceremonialist and a person who creates retreats and medicine spaces, it is my responsibility and my opportunity to be a steward of medicine alchemy to create medicine spaces to create healing spaces and opportunities where I live for people who need this now, who can't wait for the money to save up to go to a retreat in Peru or, you know, to go on a, on a trek to Wirikuta with the, with the Wiktaria people. Like, there's so many beautiful lineages still around that are teaching us the good way, the old way. And it's my belief that it's our job as modern medicine people to alchemize that, to take the old, to take the messages and the traditions from the ancestors and imbibe them, use them as the foundation and the roots to create the medicine that is needed now. And that's how I hold my containers and that's what I am working for in my own work to offer. You know, some of the people that come and sit with me have never, they would never hear medicine songs. They don't have a they don't ever experience a water prayer. Like these are things that I don't officially carry an altar, but I'm passing these things on in the way that they were given to me because they changed my life. And it feels wrong to me to hold on to that because nobody gave me permission. Mushrooms are the medicine of the people. And 
I believe that they they come from so many different parts of the world. There's so many different, I mean, I'm just mentioning two that are from North America, you know, the Mazatec and the Wixaria people. <laughs> uh, the Huicholas is how they are called as well. They don't, they don't call themselves that, but these are just two traditions in the whole world. You know, there's mushrooms in Siberia, there's mushrooms in Europe, there's mushrooms in the Celtic cultures, in the Scandinavian cultures. Like there's so many origins of these medicines and it's like we're rediscovering them they've been around for a long time and a lot of that a lot of that knowledge was lost because it was taken because the people that had the medicine in european circles were burned they were women and they were burned at the stake for being witches and when i use the word witch i call maria sabina a witch that is a high respect word that is a woman sorcerer who is a earth she's a healer she's a she is a medicine woman and when I use the word witch, I'm saying it with reverence and respect. Um, and I think it's time for the witches of North America to claim our heritage and claim our magic and claim, see the need that we have and, and do the work that we need to do so that we can help ourselves heal and heal the land and heal our relationships and do it in respect and with a knowledge that we didn't invent this. We're doing the best we can and we certainly didn't invent it and we need to pay attention to that part because it's not okay to take something from a indigenous culture and pass it off as your own when you have no respect and um, it destroys their life their way of life that's what colonialism is you know the alchemy is not like that it's taking the best from them and using what you have because we don't have everything we have what's here and we have to use what's here where we are we can't just run away to foreign lands and do the work there. It has to be here. And I really believe in that. So another people that have a deep mushroom tradition are the Wirarica people, also known as the Huicholes of, Me of Mexico. And lots of mestizo cultures as well. So mestizo is a mixture of indigenous Mexican ancestral groups who have mixed with the Spanish and European ancestors. So these people have a deep tradition with mushrooms. They consider mushrooms to be distinct from plants and animals. They have their own classification. Uh, and they, they work with all kinds of mushrooms. Like many are toxic uh, medicinal ones. They use them for food. They use them for medicine, all different kinds. Their healers are called marikame. And they do beautiful ceremonies with, with peyote, also with mushrooms. And uh, they have a deep tradition with both medicines. They live in the high western Sierra Madre, which is, uh, well, Jalisco, Mexico. They have a really beautiful tradition. They, they have this deep connection to, the, to nature and the earth. And when they offer you healing with the medicine or they give you a cleanse, they will tell you, okay, you need to go leave an offering to a waterfall or you need to go into the river uh, and pray to the river and give it an offering. Like there's this reciprocity that comes with their teaching. Um, they believe that disease is born of a seed of a wrong attitude, like a 
your mental state and your emotional state is wrong and that's the seed of disease and that creates the behavior to create disease and it's like failure to fulfill your existential purpose you know like everyone has a purpose everyone has a mission and if you don't follow your purpose and your mission it will make you sick and that really has always resonated with me a lot like all these medicines this was not discovered by the West in 1957. <laughs> this was not discovered by the banker from JP Morgan that came to sit with Maria Sabina. This has been around for a very long time. And it's important to acknowledge that when you're starting to look into that, because this is a blessing. It is such a blessing to get to work with these medicines. It is a privilege to have the, like so many people have never had the capacity or the accessibility to get this. And that's one of the things I love about mushrooms is that they are very accessible. They are easy to grow. They grow everywhere in the world. They are truly the medicine of the people. They are, there's hundreds of kinds of them. They are, they grow in the wild. We've lost the ability to, to find things in the wild. Like we, if we got left outside, we wouldn't be able to feed ourselves. We'd die, like me included. Uh, we are modern people. The mushroom itself, the psilocybin mushroom, all mushrooms are the above ground. It's the fruit of the mycelium. Uh, the mycelium, I think mycelium has got to be one of the absolute coolest things that exists on earth. When I learned about this, I felt the same way as I did when I learned that plants make oxygen for us to breathe and we breathe out carbon dioxide and they make like... It blew my mind how symbiotic that was, and I feel the same way about the mycelium. Mycelium is a giant, complex, underground web that looks like the neural network in the brain. It functions like it as well. It's um, If you think about the entire earth being covered in this mycelium, it's all connected, and it has been gathering information and wisdom and knowledge and understanding for billions of years it has been here this is an ancient consciousness this this plant this it's not even a plant it's like we call it a plant fungi are not plants and they're not animals they have their own they're their own thing they feed themselves differently they don't do photosynthesis what makes the mycelium so magical is that it is a composter. It acts as a filter. Uh, it, it's the great equalizer, as it were. It, it cleans and breaks down dead and decaying matter and turns it into something usable. So it recycles the life and energy and turns it into fresh fresh energy that can be used again. And you'll see them, you know, they grow in like damp places on all kinds of stuff, dead trees. Um, you know, they grow on cow manure and elephant manure and they are constantly cleaning up the environment to get rid of anything that is going to threaten the environment's health. And when you think about how they work in nature, it's a beautiful understanding because when you eat them, they act the same way in your body. They have this really amazing intelligence where 
They know where you where you need them. And all the medicines are like this. All the plant medicines are like this. They, I like to tell people, you know, when you first start your relationship with them, they're scanning you. They're going into your body. They're scanning like, okay, where are you holding on to stuff that needs to be cleared out? Because that's what they do. It's their biological mechanism. And, you know, when, when you're holding on to something, whether it's a belief or a trauma or a relationship, or a job, or a way of being, or a way of thinking, or an addiction, or something that doesn't serve you, it doesn't, it's not beneficial to you, that's when you get stuck. You become stuck and unhappy, and it blocks you from living your purpose. And what mushrooms do is they come in just like they do in nature, and they use your stuckness as soil. It's like fertile soil for whatever you need. It's fertile soil for them. They take it and they transform it. So they transform depression and they transform trauma. They transform stagnant, stuck energy into renewed health and wellness and purpose. You can also think of them as a a filter. Um, You know, how that works in nature is they they attach to the roots of plants and catch the carbon before it goes into the atmosphere. They clean up, they can clean up water, they can clean, they're cleaners, right? And so when you take them in a healing therapeutic way, they can clean your filter. They can clean out your, the way that you're seeing things. It's like washing the windows of your past You know, you may have understood something in a certain way in the past and they help you get clarity on your understanding and rewrite the story so that it's more beneficial. So even if something dark happened to you, you can experience it in a new way with this transformation of the energy, right? And another way that they are mirroring what they do in the body in, in nature is the connection. It's the web. It's the, they are connected to each other, to every, every, all mycelium connected to each other. They're working together with plants. They're working together with animals. They're working together with trees. It's this super unified, symbiotic, reciprocal, beautiful nature. One of my favorite examples of this is the trees. The trees, so trees connect their roots and the mycelium helps them. Uh, and it will connect trees that are not quite close enough to touch, but they, the mycelium will help it transfer water, transfer nutrients, transfer whatever needs to move into a new tree or a tree that's ill, and uh, they all take care of each other. And the more you learn about how mycelium works, it's just like, what the fuck? How magical is that? And You know, a lot of the reason that we're looking for help from medicine is we are so lonely. We're lost. You might feel sad. You feel depressed. You feel disconnected. You feel like nobody sees you. Nobody hears you. There's no connection. And it's no wonder that these mushrooms are coming into the consciousness and saying like, here we are. You are connected. You're not alone. You're not alone. You can reconnect to your past and change the way that you feel about it. You can let go of the things that you're carrying that don't feel good anymore. You can reconnect to your body. You can, it literally regrows 
neural pathways in the brain. It creates new neural pathways and helps you transfer out of the, the ruts that you get stuck in in the brain. That's why the science is so exciting because, you know, now we're learning like, how does it work in the body? How does it work in the brain? Why does it help people? And if you are a science person, this is probably very helpful to you to know, like it's, it helps people to hear this stuff about science. You know, it helps to hear, I always use Anderson Cooper as a, as a yardstick. Cause one time my mom was like, I saw Anderson Cooper talking about mushrooms on CNN. And she was so proud. Cause she was like, yeah, my daughter, my daughter is into that. Like, and, uh, it was cute because it felt like it legitimized it for her. You know, connection is not an optional thing. It's something that we need to have. Uh, we need to have community. We need support. It takes a village. It's not just a fun saying. It's a true, it's a true statement about human nature and what we need to survive and thrive. You can survive on your own. You can, we have such an individualist culture and it's so detrimental to our health. It's detrimental to our mental health and our emotional health and our physical health. You know, you'll hear a lot of people like couples, old couples, they've been married for a long time. One of them dies, the other one will die within like a year sometimes because they've lost their person. You know, they've lost their partner. And it's painful for people to be out here trying to do everything yourself. And it's also an illusion. It's not necessary. We can work together. We can be together and we need to be together. I wanted to, I wanted to say thank you to mushrooms personally, because, well, I, I have a, I, they were my longest plant medicine relationship. I met them when I was 19. There is another world over here, over here. I knew there was like an over here and an over there. Like this reality is just one place. This is not the full picture. There's another layer to this. There's another dimension. There's a, there's more depth to this way more. And I became fascinated by that. And, you know, I was, I was raised in the just say no culture, uh, the Gen X just say no culture of like, don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. And when I took mushrooms, because it was so drastically not what they had told us drug experiences would be like, I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to try all the drugs now because I don't believe you guys. I don't believe this. I, I feel that I was tricked and lied to. And, uh, it, it made me very rebellious and because I was like, I want more. I want to know what this stuff is. What does it do? Where is it going to take me? And it, it felt good to, to experience that as a, you know, a young person, like growing up pretty sheltered, like the more I had them, the more the messages were not like, ha ha ha, this is funny. This is trippy, blah, blah, blah. Let's look at cool stuff. It started getting more serious. And as my addiction to alcohol got worse, the mushrooms started to tell me like, hey, we have something for you to look at. We need to tell you something. And one time I had some mushrooms and I had gotten drunk and I didn't want to be drunk anymore. And I had had this experience when I was like in my early 20s of going camping and we were like drinking a bunch and then we ate mushrooms and then we weren't drunk anymore. We were high on mushrooms. And I remembered that and I was like, oh, I'll just take these mushrooms and I'll feel better and I won't feel drunk anymore. And sweet Mary, mother of God, that, did not, that is not what happened. What happened was all of the stuff that I was shoving down with the alcohol was right there. 
and the mushrooms took me directly into it. And it was so painful. And I was so scared. And I, you know, you can't get those journeys to stop. And they told me, do not come back here until you're ready to deal with all of this shit. And in fact, we recommend that you go see ayahuasca. And I didn't even know what ayahuasca was. I had heard about it a little bit, but I got this message in this, this experience of ayahuasca is what you need. And I was like, oh no. And I felt like they slammed the door in my face and they were like, don't come back here. We're mad at you. Like, you're not respecting us. You're not, te- you're not listening. And uh, until you figure this out, you are not welcome here. And I felt like I got shut out of the mystery. And it was, and I didn't even know what the mystery was. You know, I didn't know that I needed to respect these plants because no one taught me. I wasn't receiving them in a good way. I was just taking handfuls of them and shoving them in my face and hoping for the best. And I had no idea about dosing or how much to take or any of that stuff. And that's what a lot of kids do, you know? You just take some and see. I mean, Paul Stamets very famously ate an entire bag of mushrooms and like climbed up into a tree and stayed there all night during a crazy thunderstorm. And it like, that's where he got his vision for his life. You know, it's not always, it's not always terrifying, but it can be. And I needed those terrifying experiences. I needed to, every, every difficult, challenging experience I've had with medicine has humbled me so deeply. And as I got humbled, I began to ask, what if these are something else? What if these are not fun and games? What if these are something else? They're for a different purpose. What if there's a way to do this that takes you in a deeper way? And I learned more from them at Burning Man. I, they kept inviting me into, hey, what if you put more attention in this? What if you put intention into it? What if you, what if you learn how to heal with these? And then I eventually did go find ayahuasca and I ended up working with ayahuasca in San Pedro really deeply for a few years. And I didn't start working with mushrooms again until after COVID. It was new for me and I didn't understand them at first because I had all this experience with ayahuasca and it was when I took the mushrooms after that, they felt like ayahuasca to me. And then I realized, oh, this is a portal. This is a doorway. And they take you to the same place uh, as she does. They have the same power to take you into your healing that you need, to take you into your trauma, to take you into the places that you're stuck, you're lost. And they have a different spirit. You know, the the Mazatec people call them the sainted children, Los Niños Santos, the holy children. I had a difficult time with them at first because I had this relationship with the grandmother of Ayahuasca, the grandfather of San Pedro, you know, the grandfather Peyote. And uh, uh, the mushrooms are different. They had a different consciousness. There was a plural there of them. And they're kind of tricky. They have like coyote energy. They have <laughs> they are often talked about as like the trickster, you know, the they're mischievous. They're kind of they're kind of funny. And I had some really difficult experiences on them where I felt very lost and disconnected from myself and I couldn't find the string that I used to pull myself back to center. And ayahuasca wasn't there for me and San Pedro wasn't there for me. And it was a painful process to work with the mushrooms and and 
feel this loss. And I've talked to, you know, lots of people about it. One of my teachers says, oh, yeah, you know, you've got to take enough to break through the field of everything that's going on, you know, in the collective consciousness to get through to the other side. And for me, I have never been able to take enough to do that. And that's not my style. Um, Taking more, taking a really big dose of something to break through to some other place, that's not my vibe. I want to go in to my body. I want to be present. I want to be lucid. I want to hear and converse with the medicine. And when I take too much of a medicine, I can't do that because it's so overwhelming for me that I am like either thrashing around and freaking out or throwing up or whatever, you know, like I don't need it like that. I don't need to be punched in the face. I don't need to be head over the head. What I need is soft and gentle. And it took me a long time to realize, oh, I need to take less of these mushrooms so that I can converse with them in a good way. And, and I found that to be, for me, like between one and two grams usually, uh, depending. And if I take up between two and four, I will almost 100% of the time have a really scary journey that takes me days to recover from. Uh, And I'm not willing to take more than that because I'm not trying to lose my ego. I'm super sensitive. So for me, the amount that I would have to take to have the whatever that experience is doesn't feel healthy, safe, or therapeutic or beneficial to me. And I'm sharing this because I think people think that you have to take huge doses of mushrooms to heal. And that is absolutely not true. That's why microdosing is so popular. People are getting huge tra- changes from microdosing, um, taking tiny imperceptible amounts of medicine. And it's it's helping, you know, it helps. So mushrooms are accessible. They are sustainable. They are easy to grow. They are so easy to grow. You can Google how to grow how to grow psychoactive mushrooms. You can buy the spores to grow them online, all over the internet, um, and they are going to be available soon. There are lots of cities that are already descheduling these because of their therapeutic value, and they can help with so many things. They can help with treatment resistant depression. They can help with chronic pain, chronic illness, autoimmune disorders, cognitive disorders. PTSD, anxiety, everything, (laughs) trauma from your past. Like, what do you have? Try mushrooms. They're safe. They don't have the same contraindications as something like ayahuasca. They don't have, uh, you know, a bunch of diet stuff. People, People take them when they're taking antidepressants. I personally don't recommend that. My policy around that is If you're going to take medicine in my retreats or events or ceremonies, you have to be unmedicated um, because the purpose is to get off of these medications. When something else is there, it's much harder for the medicine to work. So there's there's lots of ways to take mushrooms as well. So if you want, you want to amplify your well-being, you want to feel better, but you're not ready for a full-blown journey and you maybe want to get off antidepressants, you want to stop taking medications for ADHD, that kind of thing, microdosing with a coach would be a great option. If you want to connect to nature, you want to just experience nature and be outside with your friends, your family, 
doing a small dose in a natural secluded environment is a really beautiful choice. Um, if you are wanting to use psychedelics to work through trauma or to do a deeper healing in a ceremonial container, that's when you want to find a, a shaman or a medicine facilitator, a ceremonialist, a guide to take you in a ceremony. Um, and I, can I just want to say about ceremony, you can take these in your basement. You can set up your set and setting and you can do your, your own journey alone. But I am urging you, if you have the ability, if you have the financial ability and you have the capacity go to a ceremony. There are ceremonies all over this country, everywhere. If, especially if you live in a major city, um, there is people doing medicine. <laughs> I promise that they are. And uh, if you open to that, it will find you. Um, you know, one of the things that people do here in Asheville where I live is go to meetups. And um, the psychedelic community here is really active and it's all about community. You know, don't go to a meetup and be like, hey, does anyone have any mushrooms? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying get to know people. Meet people who are interested in this work, who are doing this work, and go to their stuff, go to their ceremonies, go to their, you know, a lot of them are sound healers and doing all kinds of stuff. You know, it's not always about the the psychoactive part. Um, I, I host cacao ceremonies. Colorado, Oregon, you can go and do legal retreats there. My brother... Beto and my sister Pia uh, do soul medicine retreats in Mexico. Uh, they have seasons every spring. It's really important to know who is serving you this medicine um, and what they're about and what their background is and how they do it and make sure, making sure that it's the best fit for you. There are a lot of people doing serving medicine who are not doing it in a good way and Unfortunately, that's the way it is with psychedelics. That's why I, part of why I'm so passionate about sharing around all of the work around all of this, because taking the medicine is just one piece of the puzzle. You have to get ready. You need to be prepared. There are things you need to do in advance to prepare yourself to receive the healing that you want. And a lot of people jump into this and they don't do any preparation work. They don't work with the coach. They're not doing integration and they are like, this doesn't work. I didn't like it. It messed me up and I'm worse off. And you can't just take it and expect it to change everything. It doesn't work like that. And <laughs> anybody who's worth their weight in, in what they're sharing with you, people who are selling these quick fixes are lying to you because it does not work like that. You can have a really big experience, but you have to put some attention to it. It's, it's not just going to stick and with no, with no work around it. And it doesn't have to be a slog by any means. A lot of people get, get amazing results with ceremony. But the thing is, everybody wants the ceremony, but nobody wants to pay for integration. Nobody wants to put the time and energy and effort into themselves to make this stuff last. So they keep going to ceremony and they keep going to ceremony and they keep taking medicine and they keep taking medicine and they're like, it's not working, it's not working. Or they just have to keep taking it. If you have to take medicine to feel good, it's not working. It's one thing to take it to recenter yourself as spiritual hygiene, you know, as a, a practice to come back to your 
center um, because the vibration is so intense and it's important to be able to find the practices that work for you. Taking medicine is one of my practices. I had medicine last weekend, two weeks ago, and I haven't had any for six months. So I've been integrating for six months without it. And when I came back to it, I was like, wow, it amplified my integration so much. And it was like, yes, like you are ready to move to the next level. And that's what I want for for you. I don't want you to stay stuck in trying to solve this stuff that's going on with you in the old way that it's like, well, just take this and the symptoms will go away. You got to change family. You got to be ready to change. And you need to find someone to support you in that change. And I don't know what that looks like for you. uh, But that's why I do this work that I do. I teach people how to speak the language of ceremony. Uh, Finding a network is like reminding yourself that you are just like the mycelium, that you are needing community and connection and other people who understand what you're going through to help you. Um, And keep adding to your team, you know, build your spirit squad until you feel like you have everything you need because not you, you probably can't get everything from one person, you know. Most of the people that I work with have you know, some of them have Reiki healers, some of them work with therapists, some of them are doing body work. Like I go to the sauna is one of my things I'm doing right now. It's fun. I think it's fun. Um, It's fun to take care of yourself. It's fun to connect with other healers and guides and support system around this. The point of this is not to treat it like the medical model, guys. Like, We're not taking pills and going to a ceremony and hoping for the best. We're doing this as a family. There's a reason I'm calling you family because we are all related. I'm going to make a podcast about that because I know not everybody understands what that means. Um, When I say family, it's to remind myself that we are all family, that I am part of a big, happy human family, that I am an integral part of the ecosystem of life, that my experience and my feelings and my understanding and my words and my purpose matters. And so do yours. And that's what this is all about. You know, that's the spiritual path. It's like, yeah, we want to feel better. We want to heal our anxiety. We want to heal the things that suck in our lives. We want to have a, a clear heart. That's not just about getting rid of symptoms and getting rid of the depression and going back and like getting rid of all the stuff and then going back to the old way. Like it doesn't matter how many ceremonies you sit in or how many healers you have hired. If you are being an asshole in the world, you're not doing your work. Like you can't, it's not a costume. And I say this all the time, like spirituality is not a costume. It's not feathers or shamanic necklaces or how many trips you've been on to the sacred Valley. Like all that stuff is fine and nice. But what are you doing in your own community? How are you showing up at work? What kind of parent are you? What kind of partner are you? Are you being real? Are you being authentic and congruent? Is what's on the outside, what's matching what's on the inside? Or do you put on a fake show and hide your real self? Do you, are you filled with anger? Are you, are you mean to people? Do you like yell at waitresses? You know, like this is the kind of stuff that actually matters, uh, This is not spiritual bypassing we're doing. We're doing real spiritual work. And these mushrooms are here to help. They want to help us. They are begging us to to take them and (laughs) 
you know, if you walk into a store and you see them everywhere, it's like they're they're almost becoming a caricature of themselves because that's kind of what happens when stuff gets infiltrated into the mainstream. I'm happy that all that's happening and I'm also always going to be part of the underground. Like, I will always want my medicine underground and my ceremonies close to the earth. Uh, I don't want to sit in a doctor's office. These mushrooms are here. They are beautiful, powerful healers. Don't underestimate them because they are serious, even though they're funny. (laughs) But they're serious and they can do serious deep healing, Um, especially when you bring respect and intention to them and you treat them with the the honor that they deserve and you treat yourself with that same honor because receiving these medicines in a sacred space is a really powerful place to start and well if you've been considering it mushrooms are really beautiful so thanks for listening and i hope that wherever you are the mushrooms come and find you (laughs) our whole family see you next time